there is a cycle of a dancer's confidence. There are sources of confidence that can help us feel more prepared and ready and confident to dance. And then depending on the performance, it acts as another source of confidence, either good or bad. And this cycle continues. So today we're going to dive into the, what this cycle is and the sources of confidence. But this is part one of a two-part series about improving confidence, because I know this is such an important topic. So, and even before we dive into this episode, I have to tell you about this great opportunity that I have coming up for you all about confidence. I'm hosting a Confident Dancer Summit. It's a free virtual conference for dance educators. Whether you coach a high school or college team, or you work in the studio world, anywhere. If you are teaching dancers, this is for you. So the summit will run from August 6th to August 8th, 2021. Each day will be packed with amazing speakers who are ready to help you improve your own confidence and then learn the tools to help your dancers. And again, you can attend the summit absolutely free. So grab your ticket at confidentdancersummit.com and I'll make sure to have the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. So for part one of this confidence series, I want to focus on where confidence comes from, because if we understand where it comes from, we're in a much better position to change it. So to help explain this, I'm going to share a little story with you. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. The story of one simple competition day that absolutely changed my coaching career. It was a regional championship pretty early in the season. And in fact, I believe it was our very first event of that year. We had gone through the normal competition day rituals, hair and makeup already. We had breakfast together, you know, traveling down to the event. You check in, you go through the warm up, we do our visualization and pep talks, and we're ready to go. It was about five minutes before our official warm up time, and most of the team was huddled together, ready to, you know, do our team chant, jumping up and down. They were all pumped to take the floor. And I quickly realized one of my dancers, we'll call her Amy for the sake of this, was missing. She was just not with the rest of the group. I frankly panicked. I started looking all over for her. And in my head, I'm like, where could you possibly be? Like, how could you have wandered off right now? We are about to take the floor. And then I spotted her. Amy was lying down on her stomach in the corner of the room, her head in her hands, her face buried in the floor. At first I thought maybe she was hurt or maybe she was going to be sick. But when I walked over to her, I realized she was calmly lying down, taking deep breaths. I wish I could tell you I had this great epiphany of how to help her or what to say, but frankly, I froze. I stood and just stared at her, unsure if I should like make her get up and join the team or let her be. I was like, we're seriously five minutes from taking the floor. But luckily for me, while I stood there unsure of myself for a while, she got up, gave me a small little smile and walked over to join the team. And when I asked Amy about it later, she admitted that she was terrified she was going to make a mistake. She was nearly paralyzed with fear and doubt. And when she told me, I felt so 
awful. I felt like a terrible coach because I didn't recognize the problem beforehand. And then in the moment, I didn't know how to help her. So this poor girl had literally lie down on the floor and try to deal with all of her negative emotions herself with her head and her hands, her face nearly on the floor. But the good news is I did something right that day that helped her find her confidence in the moment, but it was mostly by chance that I did a good thing in this moment. And I'll finish up that part of the story. But after that day, I left that competition with this commitment to never leave it to chance again. I would never let a dancer take the floor feeling completely terrified. And I never wanted to stand frozen in my own fear of making a mistake because neither of those are helpful. And I believe I'm not alone in this experience. And I think one of the bigger challenges we face today is low self-esteem and poor confidence levels in our dancers. While there are certainly exceptions, I've seen a significant drop in confidence levels of the dancers around me over the years. And where there used to be two or three dancers on a team who struggled to perform and train with confidence, now it's more like 60, 70, 75% of the team. So there is good news here though. There is this cycle around confidence that I was talking about at the beginning, and you can use this cycle to your advantage to help improve the confidence of your dancers. It's all about what you do in all the little stuff during the day, during all those normal practices, normal classes, we can use this cycle to your advantage. But first let's take a look at the root of confidence. Where does confidence come from? Well, science tells us there are three key sources of confidence. The first is a sense of achievement or a sense of accomplishment. The easiest way to instill confidence is to achieve what you previously didn't think you could do, right? It becomes much easier to do it again. So the first time you hit a new skill, the first time you break into the top five at competition, it becomes much easier to believe you can do it again. You know, mastering a new skill gives you confidence that you can do that skill again, but it also gives you the confidence to try another new skill. It demonstrates that you can push through and keep trying and it'll happen. The second source of confidence is rooted in our personalities and specifically in psychology, we call it self-regulation. So personality certainly matters when it comes to confidence. Some people just have higher dispositional confidence. Basically, they just have a higher general state of confidence about most things in their life. Confidence comes easier to them and they have a higher level than other people on a pretty normal basis. But this one area of personality that influence confidence is called again, self-regulation. And it's just the psychology term that means your ability to act in your own long-term best interests. So you can regulate yourself, make good choices in accordance with your own long-term best interest. So someone who is good at self-regulation is good at staying focused on long-term goals, pushing through setbacks, putting in that extra effort. People high in self-regulation act in a way consistent with their deeper values. They're able to consider those deep values on a regular basis, keep up with them, uh, keep them at the front of their mind when they're tempted to quit. So when it comes to confidence, instilling self-regulation helps athletes learn to deal with those setbacks. So while you can think of self-regulation and confidence as part of your personality, it doesn't mean it's set in stone or it can't be taught. We can absolutely teach confidence. And that's going to be a lot of what part two of this series is about. Because coaches and teachers, you are in a unique position to help people have better self-regulation. If you can teach your dancers what this is, then they can be able to persist in efforts and keep trying. 
We can do it by helping them learn how to focus on goals, how to use those proper goal techniques, how to ensure good physical and mental preparation for events. And I'm going to go through lots of great examples of this all in part two. The third source of confidence is known as social climate. Think about it as like the people around you, your social environment, that climate that you establish in your studio, in your class, or in your team, it can make or break an athlete's confidence. Your leadership style creates that team culture. And if you create a positive motivational climate or this positive climate that encourages people and supports each other, then an athlete's efforts and mistakes, if they're all supported, then they're going to continue to try and continue to get up after they fail and improve because they want to learn. So again, I want to return to my story about Amy. So picture her lying down on the floor, looking like she was asleep five minutes before we take the dance floor. I'm panicking. I'm standing there staring in confusion while I freak out and don't know what to do. And then she stands up and goes. And I will tell you, this is my advice to all coaches and teachers. If you're not sure what to do, the best fallback is do nothing. (laughs) So that was my go-to when I was panicking and had no idea how to help her. I froze and didn't do anything. And so in that case, I basically let her take care of herself. But what was good is the social climate of the team saved me in that moment when I didn't know what to do. So our team's social climate could have turned this occasion one of two ways. Either her teammates would look at her and say like, we're about to compete. Why the heck is she lying on the floor? What is wrong with her? Or worse yet, they could actually yell at her for not being part of the group or like forced her up and make her join into this pump up routine. Of course, with her like already sky high heart rate and nerves, that probably would have been catastrophic for her, nearly ensuring continuous negative thoughts and tense muscles and mistakes. Option two, which thankfully is what actually happened this this day, is her teammates recognized that she was nervous and they supported her. And I bet as their friends, they knew something I didn't. They knew how nervous she was. She'd probably talk to them about it. And so they knew she just needed friends. They left her alone while she calmed down. They let her have her deep breathing. And then once she was up and joined in, they showered her with affirmations and support, boosting those positive emotions, helping her take the floor with confidence. And to finish the story, she absolutely nailed the routine that day. But to no credit of mine, I wasn't able to help her. And that's what I wish I could have known and been able to do more in that moment. But The point here is that confidence comes from these three places, either your sense of accomplishment and our achievements, having done it before, now you feel better, you can do it again, or from our own self-discipline or from our social support system. So again, what saved me with Amy was our social support system was there for her. But again, confidence is cyclical. Building confidence has this consequence of improving your performance, which then gives you that sense of achievement and joy, which makes you more confident. And then confidence is not just this desired outcome. It's part of the cycle. When you feel more confident, you perform better, which increases your confidence. But then the reverse is also true. If you hold back while you dance and act timid, you don't perform to your best and you likely lose confidence. So confidence is a source of that sense of achievement, but then that sense of achievement is also a source of your confidence. Like you see the cycle here is it's kind of that catch 22. How do we do both? Like how do we help improve both sides of this? And the trick as a coach or a teacher is to help your dancers experience the positive side of this cycle 
as often as possible. And honestly, you can do it in everyday classes, especially if you have to clean a routine. So I'm going to use that as an example. If you're a competitive studio or a school team who competes, um, even if you perform a lot, we still usually clean our routines. And cleaning is if it's a big part of our job, we can spend hours perfecting these routines, drilling things over and over until we feel like it's ready. And often it's never ready, right? We just do it anyway. But that simple ritual of cleaning can be a great source of confidence, which then improves their performance, which then, you know, cyclically comes back and boosts their confidence again. So here's how it works. Science has shown us over and over that that sense of achievement is one of those three sources of confidence in our lives. And usually we think of accomplishment as placing high in competition, making the college team of our dreams. And while that's true, we can help create small doses of achievement in our daily activities with our dancers. And it adds up to the same kind of powerful result as a quote, big accomplishment. So this cycle of confidence presents a big challenge for us as the educators. We want our dancers to feel confident in going for that big goal, but often we feel like, well, they're not going to be confident in that big goal until they've done it before. And sure, it's a lot easier to feel confident about your ability once you've already done it once. Uh, But if you're going for something that you've never done before, how do you find that confidence? And this is where that cycle and small daily doses of accomplishment can make all the difference. So when you are cleaning your routines, hopefully you're pushing your dancers to a new level. It should be challenging. Those practices are usually really hard. They're grueling and yet they are often completely rewarding. So my challenge to you is to think about these cleaning sessions as an intentional way to improve your dancer's confidence. When you set out to clean a section of a dance, set a clear goal. How far do you want to get? How clean is clean for this time of year? What is your expectation? Tell your dancers about the goal for cleaning that day and then let them know it'll be hard. Let them know it'll probably take X amount of time, but you're ready to push if they are. And hopefully you get some head nods, maybe a few, you know, let's go, let's do this from the more vocal dancers, but you set the goal as being challenging, but also showing them that you believe they can do it. And then as you go, push them to work harder, push them out of their comfort zone, push them past where they've gone before. And then you reward and praise them when you see even the smallest victory. If you notice a dancer hit a trick, she's been missing for weeks, you know, acknowledge it and celebrate it. If you feel like the two eights you just spent an hour on looks like a whole new dance, tell them and even better, let them see the improvement Take a quick video when you start your cleaning session. And then again, at the end, when you feel like you've reached that cleanliness for your specific goal that day and show them the improvement of, you know, just that hour, acknowledging their small victories shows them that sense of accomplishment of the day that will boost their confidence. If you've really pushed them in practice, they work harder than they have before, but then they can see a relatively immediate payoff. They're going to learn confidence and have that sense of like, oh, look what we just did today. And the magic happens when you do this all the time. Push them further than they've been. Praise the progress and show them their small accomplishments. Those small everyday victories add up. Then when it's time to take on the big goal for the season, it's much easier for a dancer to be confident about that goal. They've already learned they have what it takes to fight and expect 
success, especially if we define success as a routine that they're proud of, not necessarily a competitive placement, but they learned, I have what it takes to keep pushing and keep fighting and expect to get there, right? If they're seeing just what I can do in an hour, it adds up. If you keep that cycle of confidence going every time you practice with all these little goals and challenges of the day, you will see it add up. Their confidence will increase accordingly. The more you use it, the higher it gets. And then when it's time to tackle that big event, that big audition, whatever it is that's standing in their way, they already have that sense of self-confidence to believe in their ability and their teammates' abilities to get it done. You know, keep at it. You will see more confident dancers when it's time to take the competition floor. So this was part one, talking about where confidence is coming from and then how we can use the sense of accomplishment or sense of achievement as just one small way to help boost confidence. Next time in part two of this, I'm going to go through lots more examples of other ways we can boost our confidence. So if you want to learn more about confidence, come back next week and be sure to grab your free ticket to the Confident Dancer Summit. You'll find it at confidentdancersummit.com. So thank you for listening and keep sharing your passion for dance with the world.